Part four of Blast, issue number one, edited by Wyndham Lewis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Enemy of the Stars, a play by Wyndham Lewis. Synopsis in program. Advertisement. The scene, some bleak circus, uncovered, carefully chosen, vivid night. It is packed with posterity silent and expectant posterity is silent like the dead and more pathetic characters two heathen clowns grave booth animals cynical athletes dress enormous youngsters bursting everywhere through heavy tight clothes laboured in by dull explosive muscles full of fiery dust and sinewy energetic air not sap black cloth cut somewhere nowadays on the upper baltic very well acted by you and me enemy of the stars one is in immense collapse of chronic philosophy yet he bulges all over complex fruit with simple fire of life great mask venustic and veridic type of feminine beauty called mannish first he is alone a human bull rushes into the circus this super is no more important than lounging star overhead he is not even a star he rushes off into the earth characters and properties both emerge from gangway into ground at one side then again the protagonist remains neglected as though his two actors had forgotten him carousing in their professional cavern second character appalling gamin black bourgeois aspirations undermining blatant virtuosity of self his criminal instinct of intemperate bilious heart put at service of unknown humanity our king to express its violent royal aversion to protagonist statue mirage of liberty in the great desert mask of discontent anxious to explode restrained by qualms of vanity and professional coyness eyes grown venturesome in native temperatures of pole indulgent and familiar blessing with white nights type of characters taken from broad faces where europe grows arctic intense human and universal yet you and me why not from the english metropolis listen it is our honeymoon we go abroad for first scene of our drama such a strange thing as our coming together requires a strange place for initial stages of our intimate ceremonious acquaintance there are two scenes stage arrangements red of stained copper predominant colour overturned cases and other impedimenta have been covered throughout arena with old sail canvas hut of second scene is suggested by characters taking up their position at opening of shaft leading down into mimes quarters a gust such as is met in the corridors of the tube makes their clothes shiver or flap and blares up their voices masks fitted with trumpets of antique theatre with effect of two children blowing at each other with tin trumpets audience looks down into scene as though it were a hut rolled half on its back 
door upwards characters giddily mounting in its opening the play argol investment of red universe each force attempts to shake him central as stone poised magnet of subtle vast selfish things he lies like human strata of infernal biologies walks like weary shifting of bodies in distant equipoise sits like a god built by an architectural stream fecunded by mad blasts of sunlight the first stars appear and argol comes out of the hut this is his cue the stars are his cast he is rather late and snips into its place a test button a noise falls on the cream of posterity assembled in silent banks one hears the gnat's song of the thirtieth centuries they strain to see him a gladiator who has come to fight a ghost humanity the great sport of future mankind he is the prime athlete exponent of this sport in its palmy days posterity slowly sinks into the hypnotic trance of art and the arena is transformed into the necessary scene the red walls of the universe now shut them in with this condemned protagonist they breathe in close atmosphere of terror and necessity till the execution is over the red walls recede the universe satisfied the box-office receipts have been enormous the action opens the yard the earth has burst a granite flower and disclosed the scene a wheelwright's yard full of dry white volcanic light full of emblems of one trade stacks of pine iron wheels stranded rough eden of one soul to whom another man and not eve would be mated a canal at one side the night pouring into it like blood from a butcher's pail rouge mask in aluminium river sunset's grimace through the night a leaden gob slipped at zenith first drop of violent night spreads cataclysmically in harsh water of evening caustic wreckage stain three trees above canal sentimental black and conventional in number drive leaf flocks with jeering cry or they slightly bend their joints impassable acrobats step rapidly forward faintly incline their heads across the mud in pod of the canal their shadows are gawky toy crocodiles soared up and down by infant giant gollywog of arabian symmetry several tons argle drags them in blank nervous hatred the super argle crosses yard to the banks of the canal sits down argle i am here his voice raucous and disfigured with a catarrh of lies in the fetid bankrupt atmosphere of life's swamp clear and splendid among truth's balsamic hills shepherding his agile thoughts argle it was like a child's voice hunting its mother a note of primitive distress edged the thick bellow 
the figure rushed without running argyll heeled over to the left a boot battered his right-hand ribs these were the least damaged it was their turn upper lip shot down half covering chin his body reached methodically at each blow in muscular spasm he made the pain pass out rolled and jumped crouched and flung his grovelling enceladus weight against it like swimmer with wave the boot and heavy shadow above it went the self-centred and elemental shadow with whistling noise peculiar to it passed softly and sickly into a doorway's brown light the second attack pain left by first shadow lashing him was worse he lost consciousness the night his eyes woke first shaken by rough moonbeams a white crude volume of brutal light blazed over him immense bleak electric advertisement of god it crushed with wild emptiness of street the ice-field of the sky swept and crashed silently blowing wild organism into the hard splendid clouds some will cast its glare as well over him the canal ran in one direction his blood weakly in the opposite the stars shone madly in the archaic blank wilderness of the universe machines of prey mastodons placid in electric atmosphere white rivers of power they stood in eternal black sunlight tigers are beautiful imperfect brutes throats iron eternities drinking heavy radiance limbs towers of blatant light the stars poised immensely distant with their metal sides pantheistic machines the father the more violent and vivid nature weakness crushed out of creation hard weakness a flea's size pinched to death in a second could it get so far he rose before this cliff of cadaverous beaming force imprisoned in a messed socket of existence will energy some day reach earth like violent civilization smashing or hardening all in his mind a chip of distant hardness tugged at dully like a tooth made him ache from top to toe but the violences of all things had left him so far intact hamp one hamp comes out of hut coughing like a goat rolling a cigarette he goes to where argyll is lying he stirs him with his foot roughly argyll strains and stretches elegantly face over shoulder like a woman come you fool and have supper hamp walks back to hut leaving him argyll lies hands clasped round his knees this new kick has put him into a childish lethargy he gets to his feet soon and walks to hut he puts his hand on hamp's shoulder who has been watching him and kisses him on the cheek hamp shakes him off with fury and passes inside hut bastard violence of his half-disciple metis of an apache of the icy steppe sleek citizen and his own dumbfounding soul 
fungi of sullen violet's thoughts investing primitive vegetation hot words drummed on his ear every evening abuse question groping hands strummed toppling byzantine organ of his mind producing monotonous black fugue harsh bayadere shepherdess of pamir with her chinese beauty living on from month to month in utmost tent with wastrel lean as mandrake root red and precocious with heavy black odour of vast manchurian garden deserts and the disreputable muddy gold squandered by the unknown son of the amur his mind unlocked free to this violent hand it was his mind's one cold flirtation then cold love excelling in beauty marked out for hindu fate of sovereign prostitution but clear of the world with furious vow not to return the deep female strain succumbed to this ragged spirit of crude manhood masculine with blunt wilfulness and hideous stupidity of the fecund horde of men phallic wand-like cataract incessantly poured into god this pip of icy spray struck him on the mouth he tasted it with new pleasure before spitting it out acrid to be spat back among men the young men foresaw the event they ate their supper at the door of the hut an hour passed in wandering spacious silence was it bad to-night a fierce and railing question often repeated argal lay silent his hands a thick shell fitting back of head his face grey vegetable cave can't you kill him in the name of god a man has his hands little else mote and speck the universe illimitable hamp gibed it is true he is a speck but all men are to you he is immense they sat two grubby shadows unvaccinated as yet by the moon's lymph sickened by the immense vague infections of night that is absurd i have explained to you here i get routine the will of the universe manifested with directness and persistence figures of persecution are accidents or adventures for some prick the thin near hearts like a pea and the bubble puffs out that would not be of the faintest use in my case two small black flames wavering as their tongues moved drumming out thought with low earth draughts and hard sudden winds dropped like slapping birds from climaxes in the clouds no morris lens would have dragged them from the key of vastness they must be severe midgets brain specks of the vertiginous seismic vertebrae slowly living lines of landscape self sacred act of violence is like murder on my face and hands the stain won't come out it is the one piece of property all communities have agreed it is illegal to possess the sweetest tempered person once he discovers you are that sort of criminal changes any opinion of you and is on his guard when mankind cannot overcome a personality it has an immemorial way out of the difficulty it becomes it it imitates and assimilates that ego until it is no longer one 
this is success between personality and mankind it is always a question of dog and cat they are diametrically opposed species self is the ancient race the rest are the new one self is the race that lost but mankind still suspects egotistic plots and hunts pretenders my uncle is very little of a relation it would be foolish to kill him he is an echantillon acid advertisement slipped in letter-box spaces storerooms dense with frivolous originals i'm used to him as well argyll's voice had no modulations of argument weak now it handled words numbly like tired compositor his body was quite strong again and vivacious words acted on it as rain on a plant it's got a stormy neat brilliance in this soft shower one flame balanced giddily erect while other larger ones swerved and sang with speech coldly before it they lay in a pool of bleak brown shadow disturbed once by a rat's plunging head it seemed to rattle along yet slide on oiled planes argol shifted his legs mechanically it was a hutch with low loft where they slept beyond the canal brutlands shuttered with stony clouds lay in heavy angles of sand they were squirted in by twenty ragged streams legions of quails hopped parasitically in the miniature cliffs argol's uncle was a wheelwright on the edge of town two hundred miles to north the arctic circle swept sinister tramps its wind came wandering down the high road fatigued and chill door shut against them first of all lily pollen of an ideal on red badge of your predatory category scrape this off and you lose your appetite obviously but i don't want in any case to eat smith because he is tough and distasteful to me i am too vain to do harm too superb ever to lift a finger when harmed a man eats his mutton chop forgetting it is his neighbour drinks every evening blood of the christs and gossips of glory existence loud feeble sunset blaring like lumpish savage clown alive with rigid tinsel before a misty door announcing events tricks and a thousand follies to penniless herds their eyes red with stupidity to leave violently slow monotonous life is to take header into the boiling starry cold for with me some guilty fire of friction unspent in solitariness will reach the stars hell of those heavens uncovered whirling pit every evening you cling to any object dig your nails in earth not to drop into it the knight plunged gleaming nervous arms down into the wood to wrench it up by the roots restless and rhythmical beyond the staring red-rimmed doorway giddy and expanding in drunken walls its heavy drastic light shifted argol could see only ponderous arabesques of red cloud whose lines did not stop at door's frame pressed on into shadows within the hut in tyrannous continuity as a cloud drove eastward out of this frame its weight passed with spiritual menace into the hut a thunderous atmosphere thickened above their heads argol paler 
tossed clumsily and swiftly from side to side as though asleep he got nearer the door the clouds had room to waste themselves the land continued in dull form one per cent animal these immense bird amoebas nerves made the earth pulse up against his side and reverberate he dragged hot palms along the ground caressing its explosive harshness all merely exterior attack his face calm seismograph of eruptions in heaven head of black eagerly carved herculean venus of iron tribe hyperbarbarous and ascetic lofty tents sonorous with october rains swarming from vast bright doll-like asiatic lakes faces following stars in blue rivers till sea-struck thundering engine of red water pink idle brotherhood of little stars passed over by rough cloud of sea cataclysm of premature decadence extermination of the resounding sombre summer tents in a decade furious mass of images left no human immense production of barren muscular girl idols wood verdigris copper dull paints flowers hundred idols to a man and a race swamped in hurricane of art falling on big narrow souls of its artists head heavy and bird-like waited to strike living on his body ungainly red atlantic wave to have read all the books of the town argle and to come back here to take up this life again coaxing genuine stupefaction reproach a trap argle once more preceded him through his soul unbenevolent doors opened on noisy blankness coming through from calm reeling noon loudness beyond garrets waking like faces a shout down a passage to show its depth horizon as well voice coming back with suddenness of expert pugilistics perpetual inspector of himself i must live like a tree where i grow an inch to the left or right would be too much in the town i felt unrighteous in escaping blows home anger destiny of here selfishness flouting of destiny to step so much as an inch out of the bull's-eye of your birth when it is obviously a bull's-eye a visionary tree not migratory visions from within a man with headache lies in deliberate leaden inanimation he isolates his body floods it with phlegm sucks numbness up to his brain a soul wettest dough doughest lead a bullet to drop down eternity like a plummet accumulate in myself day after day dense concentration of a pig life nothing spent stored rather in strong stagnation till rid at last of evaporation and lightness characteristic of men so burst death's membrane through slog beyond not float in appalling distances energy has been fixed on me from nowhere heavy and astonished resigned or is it for remote sin i will use it anyway as prisoner his bowl or sheet for escape not as means of idle humiliation 
one night death left his card i was not familiar with the name he chose but the black edge was deep i flung it back a thousand awakenings of violence next day i had my knife up my sleeve as my uncle came at me ready for what you recommend but a superstition habit is there curbing him mathematically that of not killing me i should know an ounce of effort more he loads my plate even he must have palpable reasons for my being alive a superb urchin watching some centre of angry commotion in the street his companion kept his puffed slit eyes generously cruel fixed on him god and fate constant protagonists one equivalent to police his simple sensationalism was always focused on but god was really his champion he longed to see god fall on argal and wipe the earth with him he egged god on then egged on argal his soft rigid face grinned with intensity of attention propped contemplatively on hand port prowler serf of the capital serving its tongue and gait within the grasp and aroma of the white matte immense sea abstract instinct of sullen seafarer dry salted in slow acrid airs aerian flood not stopped by shore dying in dirty warmth of harbour boulevards his soul like ocean town lent on by two skies lower opaque one washes it with noisy clouds or lies giddily flush with street crevices wedges of black air flooding it with red emptiness of dead light it sends ships between its unchanging slight rock of houses periodically slowly to spacious centre nineteen big ships like nineteen nomad souls for its amphibious sluggish body locked there two what is destiny why yours to stay here more than to live in the town or cross to america my dear hamp your geography is so up to date geography doesn't interest me america is geography i've explained to you what the town is like offences against the discipline of the universe are registered by a sort of conscience prior to the kicks blows rain on me mine is not a popular post it is my destiny right enough an extremely unpleasant one it is not the destiny of a man like you to live buried in this cursed hole our soul is wild with primitiveness of its own its wilderness is anywhere in a shop sailing reading psalms its greatest good our destiny anything i possess is drunk up here on the world's brink by big stars and returned to me in the shape of thought heavy as a meteorite the stone of the stars will do for my seal and emblem i practice with it monotonous putting that i may hit death when he comes your thought is buried in yourself a thought weighs less in a million brains than in one no one is conjurer enough to prevent spilling rather the bastard form infects the original famous men are those who have exchanged themselves against a thousand idiots when you hear a famous man has died penniless and diseased you say well served part of life's arrangement is that the few best become these cheap scarecrows 
process and conditions of life without any exception is a grotesque degradation and sueur of the original solitude of the soul there is no help for it since each gesture and word partakes of it and the child has already covered himself with mire anything but yourself is dirt anybody that is i do not feel clean enough to die or to make it worth while killing myself a laugh packed with hatred not hoping to carry snapped like a fiddle cord sour grapes that's what it's all about and you let yourself be kicked to death here out of spite while you talk to me i should like to know answer me that disrespect or mocking is followed in spiritualistic seances with offended silence on part of the spooks such silence not discernedly offended now followed the pseudo-rustic master cavernously hemicycally real but anomalous shamness on him in these circumstances poudre de riz on face of night's sleeping effigy lay back indifferent his feet lying two heavy closed books before the disciple argal was a large open book full of truths and insults he opened his jaws wide once more in egotistic self-castigation the doctoring is often fouler than disease men have a loathsome deformity called self affliction got through indiscriminate rubbing against their fellows social excrescence their being is regulated by exigencies of this affliction only one operation can cure it the suicide's knife or an immense snuffling or taciturn parasite become necessary to victim like abortive poodle all nerves vice and dissatisfaction i have smashed it against me but it still writhes turbulent mess i have shrunk it in its frosty climates but it has filtered filth inward through me dispersed till my deepest solitude is impure mire stirred up desperately without success in subsequent hygiene this focus disciples physical repulsion nausea of humility added perfect tyrannic contempt but choking respect curiosity consciousness of defeat these two extremes clashed furiously the contempt claimed its security and triumph the other sentiments baffled it his hatred of argal for perpetually producing this second sentiment grew this would have been faint without physical repulsion to fascinate him make him murderous and sick he was strong and insolent with consciousness stuffed in him in anonymous form of vastness of humanity full of rage at gigantic insolence and superiority combined with utter uncleanness and despicableness all back to physical parallel of his master the more argal made him realize his congenital fatuity and cheapness the more a contemptible matter appeared accumulated in the image of his master sunken mirror the price of this sharp vision of mastery was contamination too many things inhabited together in this spirit for cleanliness or health is one soul too narrow an abode for genius to have humanity inside you to keep a doss-house 
at least impossible to organise on such a scale people are right who would disperse these impure monopolies let everyone get his little bit intellectual balam rather than bedlam three in sluggish but resolute progress towards the city and centre on part of young man was to be found cause of argol's ascendancy in first place argol had returned some months only from the great city of their world he showed hamp picture postcards he described the character of each scene then he had begun describing more closely at length systematically he lived again there for his questioner exhausted the capital put it completely in his hands the young man had got there without going there but instead of satisfying him this developed a wild desire to start off at once then argal said wait a moment he whispered something in his ear is that true ay and more he supplemented his description with a whole life of comment and disillusion the young man now felt that he had left the city his life was being lived for him but he forgot this and fought for his first city then he began taking a pleasure in destruction he had got under argol's touch but when he came to look squarely at his new possession which he had exchanged for his city he found it wild incredibly sad hateful stuff somehow however the city had settled down in argol he must seek it there and rescue it from that tyrannic abode he could not now start off without taking this unreal image city with him he sat down to invest it argol its walls four argol had fallen his thebaid had been his waterloo he now sat up slowly why do i speak to you it is not to you but myself i think it is a physical matter simply to use one's mouth my thoughts to walk abroad and not always be stuffed up in my head ideas to banjo this resounding body you seemed such a contemptible sort of fellow that there was some hope for you or to be clear there was nothing to hope from your vile character that is better than little painful somethings i am amazed to find that you are like me i talk to you for an hour and get more disgusted with myself i find i wanted to make a naive yapping poodle parasite of you i shall always be a prostitute i wanted to make you myself you understand every man who wants to make another himself is seeking a companion for his detached ailment of a self you are an unclean little beast crept gloomily out of my ego you are the world brother with its family objections to me go back to our mother and spit in her face for me i wish to see you no more here leave at once here is money take train at once berlin is the place for your pestilential little carcass get out here go amazement had stretched the disciple's face back like a mouth then slowly it contracted the eyes growing smaller chin more prominent old and clenched like a fist argol's voice rang coldly in the hut a bell beaten by words only the words not tune of bell had grown harder at last they beat virulently when he had finished silence fell like guillotine between them 
severing bonds the disciple spoke with his own voice which he had not used for some weeks it sounded fresh brisk and strange to him half live garish salt fish his mouth felt different is that all argyll was relieved at sound of hamp's voice no longer borrowed and felt better disposed towards him the strain of this mock life or real life rather was tremendous on his underworld of energy and rebellious muscles this cold outburst was not commensurate with it it was twitch of loud bound nerve only bloody glib tongue cow you think you can treat me that way hamp sprang out of the ground a handful of furious movements flung himself on argle once more the stars had come down argle used his fists to break vows and spoil continuity of instinctive behaviour lose a prize that would only be a trophy tankard never drunk from is always fine argle would have flung away his hoarding and scraping of thought as well now but his calm long instrument of thought was too heavy it weighed him down resisted his swift anarchist effort and made him giddy his fear of death anti-manhood words coming out of caverns of belief synthesis that is of ideal life appalled him with his own strength strike at his disciple as he had abused him suddenly give way incurable self torture heroism the young man brought his own disgust back to him full of disgust therefore disgusting he felt himself on him what a cause of downfall five the great beer-coloured sky at the fuss leapt in fates of green gaiety its immense lines bent like whalebones and sprang back with slight deaf thunder the sky two clouds their two furious shadows fought the bleak misty hospital of the horizon grew pale with fluid of anger the trees were wiped out in a blow the hut became a new boat inebriated with electric milky human passion poured in it shrank and struck them struck in its course in a stirred up unmixed world by tree or house-side grown wave first they hit each other both with blows about equal in force on face and head soul perched like aviator in basin of skull more alert and smaller than on any other occasion mask stoic with energy thought cleaned off slick pure and clean with action bodies grown a brain black octopi flushes on silk epiderm and fierce card-play of fists between emptying of hand on soft flesh-table arms of grey windmills grinding anger on stone of the new heart messages from one to another drop down anywhere when nobody is looking reaching brain by telegraph most desolating and alarming messages possible the attacker rushed in drunk with blows they rolled swift jagged rut into one corner of shed large insects scuttling roughly to hiding stopped astonished fisticuffs again then rolled kicking air and each other springs broken 
torn from engine hamp's punch wore itself out soon on herculean clouds at mad rudder of boat on argol then like a punch-ball something vague and swift struck him on face exhausted and white argol did not hit hard like something inanimate only striking as rebound and as attacked he became soft blunt paw of nature taken back to her bosom mechanically slowly and idly winning he became part of responsive landscape his friend's active punch key of commotion hamp fell somewhere in the shadow there lay argal stood rigid as the nervous geometry of the world in sight relaxed and went on with its perpetual mystic invention he threw himself down to where he had been lying before a strong flood of thought passed up to his fatigued head and at once dazed him not his body only but being was out of training for action puffed and exhilarated thoughts fell on it like punches his mind baying mastiff he flung off in steep struggle he rolled into sleep two clear thoughts had intervened between fight and sleep now a dream began valuing with its tentative symbols preceding events a black jacket and shirt hung on nails across window a gas jet turned low to keep room warm through the night sallow chill illumination dirty pillows black and thin in middle worn down by rough head but congested at each end bedclothes crawling over bed never made like stagnant waves and eddies to be crept beneath picture above pillow of rosa bonheur horses trampling up wall like well-fed toffeyish insects books piled on table and chair open at some page two texts in finish pipes half smoked collars past days not effaced beneath perpetual tidiness but scraps and souvenirs of their accidents lying in heaps his room in the city nine feet by six grave big enough for the six corpses that is each living man appalling tabernacle of self and unbelief he was furious with this room tore down jacket and shirt and threw the window open the air made him giddy he began putting things straight the third book stalely open which he took up to shut was the einiger and sein eigenkeit Stirner, one of seven arrows in his martyr mind poof he flung it out of the window a few minutes and there was a knock at his door it seemed a young man he had known in the town but now saw for the first time seemingly he had come to bring him the book fallen into the roadway i thought i told you to go he said the young man had changed into his present disciple obliquely though he appeared now to be addressing stirner i thought i told you to go his visitor changed a third time a middle-aged man red cropped head and dark eyes self-possessed loose free student sailor fingering the book coming to a decision stirner as he had imagined him get out i say here is money was the money for the book the man flung it at his head its cover slapped him sharply 
glib-tongue cow take that a scrap ensued physical experiences of recent fight recurring ending in eviction of this visitor and slamming of door these books are all parasites poodles of the mind chows and king charles eternal prostitute the mind perverse and gorgeous all this art life posterity and the rest is wrong begin with these he tore up his books a pile by the door ready to sweep out he left the room and went round to cafe to find his friends all companions of parasite self no single one a brother my dealings with these men is with their parasite composite selves not with them the night had come on suddenly stars like clear rain soaked chillily into him no one was in the street the sickly houses oozed sad human electricity he had wished to clean up spiritually his room obliterate or turn into deliberate refuse accumulations of self now a similar purging must be undertaken among his companions preparatory to leaving the city but he never reached the cafe his dream changed he was walking down the streets in his native town where he now was and where he knew no one but his schoolmates workmen clerks in export of hemp grain and wood ahead of him he saw one of the friends of his years of study in capital he did not question how he had got there but caught him up although brusquely pitched elsewhere he went on with his plan sir i wish to know you provisional smile on face of friend puzzled hello argal you seem upset i wish to make your acquaintance but my dear argal what's the matter with you we already are very well acquainted i am not argal no the good-natured smug certitude offended him this man would never see any one but argal he knew yet he on his side saw a man directly beneath his friend imprisoned with intolerable need of recognition argal that the baffling requirements of society had made impudent parasite of his solitude had foregathered too long with men and borne his name too variously to be superseded he was not sure if they had been separated surgically in which self life would have gone out and in which remained this man has been masquerading as me he repudiated argal nevertheless if eyes of his friends up till then could not be opened he would sweep them along with argal into rubbish heap argal was under a dishonouring pact with all of them he repudiated it and him so i am argal of course but if you don't want that is a lie your foolish grin proves you are lying good day walking on he knew his friend was himself he had divested himself of something the other steps followed timidly and deliberately odious invitation the sound of the footsteps gradually sent him to sleep next a cafe he alone writing at table he became slowly aware of his friends seated at other end of room watching him as it had actually happened before his return to his uncle's house there he was behaving as a complete stranger with a set of men he had been on good terms with two days before 
he's gone mad leave him alone they advised each other as an idiot too he had come home dropped idle and sullen on his relative's shoulders six suddenly through confused struggles and vague successions of scenes a new state of mind asserted itself a riddle had been solved what could this be he was argle once more was that a key to something he was simply argle i am argle he repeated his name like sinister word invented to launch a new soap in gigantic advertisement toilet necessity he to scrub the soul he had ventured in his solitude and failed argle he had imagined left in the city suddenly he had discovered argle who had followed him in hamp always a deux flung back to extremity of hut hamp lay for some time recovering then he thought chattel for rest of mankind argle had brutalized him both eyes were swollen pulp shut in thought for him hardly possible so cut off from visible world sullen indignation at argle acting he who had not the right to act violence in him was indecent again question of taste how loathsome heavy body so long quiet flinging itself about face strained with intimate expression of acts of love firm grip still on him outrage Poudre, in races accustomed to restraint is the most violent emotion in all its developments devil ridicule heroism of vice ideal god of taste why has it not been taken for root of great northern tragedy argle's unwieldy sensitiveness physical and mental made him a monster in his own eyes among other things such illusion imparted with bullet-like directness to a companion falling on suitable soil produced similar conviction this humility and perverse asceticism opposed to vigorous animal glorification of self he gave men one image with one hand and at the same time a second its antidotes with the other he watched results a little puzzled the conflict never ended shyness and brutality chief ingredients of their drama fought side by side hamp had been ordered off knocked about now he was going why because he had been sent off like a belonging argle had dragged him down had preached a certain life and now insolently set an example of the opposite played with debauched by a mind that could not leave passion in another alone where should he go home good-natured drunken mother recriminating and savage at night hamp had almost felt she had no right to be violent and resentful being weak when sober he caught a resemblance to present experiences in tipsy life stretching to babyhood he saw in her face a look of argle how disgusting she was his own flesh ah that was the sensation argle similarly disgusted through this family feeling his own flesh though he was not any relation berlin and nearer city was full of argle 
he was comfortable where he was argal had lived for him worked impaired his will even wheel-making had grown difficult whereas argal acquitted himself of duties of trade quite easily whose energy did he use just now the blows had leapt in his muscles towards argal but were sickened and did not seem hard would he never be able again to hit feel himself hard and distinct on somebody else that mass muck in the corner that he hated was its hoarded energy stolen or grabbed which he could only partially use stagnating argal was brittle repulsive and formidable through this sentiment had this passivity been holy with charms of a saint's argal was glutted with others in coma of energy he had just been feeding on him hamp he refused to act almost avowedly to infuriate prurient contempt his physical strength was obnoxious muscles affecting as flabby fat would in another energetic through self-indulgence thick sickly puddle of humanity lying there by door death taciturn refrain of his being preparation for death tip him over into cauldron in which he persistently gazed see what happened this sleepy desire leapt on to young man's mind after a hundred other thoughts clown in the circus springing on horse's back when the elegant riders have hopped with obsequious dignity down gangway seven bluebottle at first unnoticed hurtling about a snore rose quietly on the air drawn out clumsy self-centred it pressed inflexibly on hamp's nerve of hatred sending hysteria gyrating in top of diaphragm flooding neck its beckoned filthy ogling finger the first organ note abated a second at once was set up stronger startling full of loathsome unconsciousness it purred a little now quick and labial then virile and strident again it rose and fell up centre of listener's body and along swollen nerves peachy clotted tide gurgling back in slimy shallows snoring of a malodorous bloody sink emptying its water more acutely it plunged into his soul with bestial regularity intolerable besmirching aching with disgust and fury he lay dully head against ground at each fresh offence the veins puffed faintly in his temples all this sonority of the voice that subdued him sometimes suddenly turned bestial in answer to his vision how can i stand it how can i stand it his whole being was laid bare battened on by this noise his strength was drawn raspingly out of him in a minute he would be a flabby yelling wreck like a sleek shadow passing down his face the rigour of his discomfort changed sly voltfasts of nature glee settled thickly on him the snore crowed with increased loudness glad seemingly with him laughing that he should have at last learnt to appreciate it a rare proper world if you understand it he got up held by this foul sound of sleep 
in dream of action rapt beyond all reflection he would martyr relieve the world of this sound cut out this noise like a cancer he swayed and groaned a little peeping through patches of tumefied flesh boozer collecting his senses fumbled in pocket his knife was not there he stood still wiping blood off his face then he stepped across shed to where fight had occurred the snore grew again its sonorous recoveries had amazing and startling strength every time it rose he gasped pressing back a clap of laughter with his eyes it was like looking through goggles he peered round carefully and found knife and two coppers where they had slipped out of his pocket a foot away from argyll he opened the knife and an ocean of movements poured into his body he stretched and strained like a toy wound up he took deep breaths his eyes almost closed he opened one roughly with two fingers the knife held stiffly at arm's length he could hardly help plunging it in himself the nearest flesh to him he now saw argyll clearly knelt down beside him a long stout snore drove his hand back but the next instant the hand rushed in and the knife sliced heavily the impious meat the blood burst out after the knife argyll rose as though on a spring his eyes glaring down on hamp and with an action of the head as though he were about to sneeze hamp shrank back on his haunches he overbalanced and fell on his back he scrambled up and argyll now lay in the position in which he had been sleeping there was something incredible in the dead figure the blood sinking down a moist shaft into the ground hamp felt friendly towards it there was only flesh there and all our flesh is the same something distant terrible and eccentric bathing in that milky snore had been struck and banished from matter hamp wiped his hands on a rag and rubbed at his clothes for a few minutes then went out of the hut the night was suddenly absurdly peaceful trying richly to please him with gracious movements of trees and gay processions of arctic clouds relief of grateful universe a rapid despair settled down on hamp a galloping blackness of mood he moved quickly to outstrip it perhaps near the gate of the yard he found an idle figure it was his master he ground his teeth almost in this man's face with an aggressive and furious movement towards him the face looked shy and pleased but civil like a mysterious domestic hamp walked slowly along the canal to a low stone bridge his face was wet with tears his heart beating weakly a boat slowed down a sickly flood of moonlight beat miserably on him cutting empty shadow he could hardly drag along he sprang from the bridge clumsily too unhappy for instinctive science and sank like lead his heart a sagging weight of stagnant hatred end of part four